Good morning. We are, I'm sorry, I don't know what's going on with the lighting, uh, but I hope that you guys can, <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on with the lighting, I'm trying. But anyway, bear with me. Uh, so I want to step right in. This is another, uh, we're going to press in for 20 minutes. I'm starting late, so I'm uh, anyway, pressing for 20 minutes. Um, we've been trying to look at 1 John, okay? I'm, I've been trying to get into 1 John, but there's certain things that we have to, uh, just foundational things, because we, you know, it's commonly known what John was addressing um, in 1 John. Uh, but we see it addressed by God uh, throughout the Bible. It's a particular thing, a particular uh, false teaching. And why is this one a big deal? Because it tends to shipwreck the faith of believers. Not just, oh, it's, it's interfering with people actually coming to the knowledge of the truth, but those who have come into the knowledge of the truth have been shipwrecked in their faith by embracing this false uh, teaching. Why I think it's so damaging um, is because it it started from inside, uh, one that was inside, and it, it spread because of the, I wanna say influence, so influence is very important. Um, whether we think it is or not, you know, we focus on titles and things, but influence is very important, authority, definitely uh, influence in any any place is is very important so um but there are two things that I want to highlight or ask you to remember um, and that is that John usually dealt with, he always, I'm sorry, not usually, he consistently dealt with Jesus being, uh, Jesus' identity. And I believe that to be so because John wanted us to always remember and to look at and to see and identify, even as we read the word of God, that Jesus is the perfect will of God. That's one. Jesus is the perfect will of God. Two, true conversion always causes us to uh, change our, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know why this is coming up on my phone. Anyway, true conversion always uh, turns us from our own interests. Jesus said, this is eternal life. John 17, 3. This is eternal life that you may know him, God, the Father, and him who he has sent, Jesus Christ, his son. That's eternal life. The knowing is not head knowledge. It's, it's intimacy. Okay? So how can you have your own interests in life, you know, the life that you plan to have and all of that and still have that life that is in Christ. How, how can they, they merge? 
how can one is going to dominate? One is going to dominate and the other is going to be compromised. Either one is going to dominate or one is going to be compromised. Okay? Or looked at that way. All right. So, let me go. All right. So, I'm going to repeat this. Uh, the churches at Ephesus had issues with love. And that's the Greeks, more so the Greeks, because of their much learning, their knowledge, knowledge puffed up, right? But it does not condescend to love, all right? Uh, and, the, and the Jews, I'm sorry, the Greeks had issue with love, false doctrine. The Jews had issue with faith. Okay? Faith. <laughs> and we'll see this throughout. Okay? But this is why he's writing to Ephesus. John is writing to Ephesus. And this is not a place that he's not familiar with. It is said that this is the place that he ended up uh, living before, you know, he passed on. But this is also a place that we see in Acts that Paul uh, dealt with. I don't want to go back. Go back to the last video to even see how Paul uh, asked Timothy to stay there to deal with these very things because he knew that it was going to be those from the inside. All right, that that this this disruption would come from of the faith. All right, so we know uh, a lot of times in scripture we see uh, idolatry being dealt with. And the idol is nothing. The scripture says the idol is nothing. But behind every idol, there is a demon. That is the issue. That is the issue. All right, so in the, in the, the Old Testament, the Lord, and it's interesting because in the Old Testament, the Lord would tell the people to cast down the idols, right? And he would deal with the demon. In the New Testament, now God would deal with the demon. We see that in Egypt, God dealt with the idols of Egypt. Yes, he did himself. He actually made a mockery out of them. If you would go back and you look at uh, the idols and the things that uh, God dealt with was, um, in Egypt, uh, the frogs, the <laughs> even the Nile, uh, the things that were done, it was God was speaking and communicating that he was God above big G above all gods. And he actually made a mockery of them we read it as wow that's powerful but the egyptians saw it and pharaoh saw it god was making a mockery out of what they revered as being god all right but in the new testament god doesn't tell us to destroy the idols like he did in the old testament he have us casting out the demons. Why? In Christ we've been given we've been given authority. We've been given the authority. 
power belongs to God. Jesus Christ is God. Power has power belongs to God. Jesus Christ is God. We in his name cast out demons. Anyway, I know uh, that's an issue. I don't care. God is God. He is the same. If he dealt with the God, God's lowercase g uh, in the Old Testament, he confronted them. He addressed them. He mocked them. They, they, they had to bow. Same God. But this power, we've been given power and authority in Christ to deal with things as God. Hmm. All right. So anyway, let's look at something. I went over uh, first. I went over some things in Revelation, um, some things that we will see in Corinthians last time. I want to address something. Now, I'm, I'm saying all that because of it. I want to address something. The Lord doesn't like any type of, you know, false doctrine, philosophy, uh, things that will cause people to be drawn or seduced away from him to something else because it will bring about destruction, right? But it's interesting that in Revelation, he deals with something addressing the church at Ephesus. Uh, and he said that he had an issue because huh. okay, I'm, uh, thank you, Lord. Okay, so let's deal with something that is mm, the Nickelodeons. Where did that came? Where did that come from? In Acts, you will see some deacons being um, put in place. Okay, put in place for the sake of order. All right. One of those is Nicholas, which is believed where the teaching or the doctrine of the Nicolaitans came from. Okay. The interesting part about this is now go back when, um, yes, he was one of the first deacons put in place. The issue is this. He was a convert um, from not a convert. It's another word. It's called, but from uh, he came from occult paganism to Judaism to Christianity. He was in occultism, Judaism, and now a believer. Okay, so but what happened was he began to incorporate now being influenced by influence is important being influenced by roman culture to put and to participate there was a there was a pressing in to cause believers to um participate in roman culture right the influence was to cause them to even, uh, why? So that their identity, their true identity, which is in Christ, 
your life is hidden in Christ, would not be seen, would not come forth, and it would not influence. His name means um, conqueror or subduer, uh, which is to say the Nicolaitans, yeah, they subdued the people. There's a play on words a lot in the in the Bible, um, not for the sake of deception, but for the sake of revealing intents. Okay, so they subdued the people. So they wanted to influence the Jewish people that it to to um, as we say today, evolve so that the church would evolve. So he began to mix occultism. This is after. Now he was a deacon, so he had influence. But he, but he, he backslid, as we would say, backslid. Of course, he wouldn't believe. He wouldn't say that he did that. All right. He wanted to mix occultism, Judaism, and faith in Christ as in one. Looking at him. And just going back and looking at very devout, uh, very aggressive, even in his his learning and his it, it took a lot to become a convert to Judaism. A lot, and yet he did it. Right? So this this uh we look at Paul a lot and we say you know, you look at Paul being a Pharisee, and if you look at what it took to be a Pharisee. Okay, so so with this this guy, the issue was this: Paul overcame or allowed there to be an overcoming of tendencies and things in his flesh. Nicholas did not. I believe, just like we see today. I was going to go into it, but I, I have to do that. I believe just like we see today, when we do not yield to the, the Holy Spirit who helps us to overcome or leads us into victory, lead us into all truth, right? He reveals Jesus to us, in us, through us, right? When we don't yield to him, 